the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, on this fine Thursday. Today I have one of my favorite shows that I always do, which is a show full of of powerful women and women who have to kind of go the extra mile because of what they do in a man's world and um, have to work a little harder. And I want to welcome them. How are you? Laura Good. Roberts? Good. How are you? Are you with us? Yes, I, I'm with you. Okay. Well, Laura, I looked at all of your information, and I have to say that, you know, it's very, very impressive. Thank you. You know, you look at the chemistry. The whole chemical industry today is challenging, and I would imagine still dominated by men. Um, absolutely. It's very dominated by men. Um, everybody f- frequently says I'm an anomaly in the industry. Well, good for you. How did you get into this? Well, I got into the business kind of by accident. Um, my parents had a small niche chemical company where um, they sold environmentally friendly cleaners to mostly the aerospace industry. And my father had invented some really amazing chemistry for the coatings industry and the metalworking industry. And, again, all environmentally friendly, and he unfortunately passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was very unexpected, and, you know, uh, I think the family was just kind of deciding what to do with the business. And um, I was a school teacher at the time, and wow. I decided that, you know, I wanted to help try to keep the business going. And that's kind of how I got in. Ultimately, <clears throat> we ended up making the, the company, you know, a different company and raising capital and, and growing it. But um, it was definitely a path that I didn't anticipate taking <laughs> when I was 30 years old. But that's so. great. Th- those are the greatest kinds of paths, though. Yes, absolutely. they're unanticipated and you use your knowledge and obviously, okay, you knew your elementary school science. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you were teaching it, I guess. Well, it's funny. I, I really didn't know anything about any of the business. I didn't know anything about, you know, besides basic college chemistry, which wasn't going to serve me well anyway because I never got into the business, the formulation side. But it was more just understanding the the markets, how to scale a manufacturing business, um, understanding intellectual property um, <clears throat> you know, what kind of capital we needed, how to raise money, uh, you know, and even servicing the customer. If so, yeah, the you customer... learn a lot of that while you were just doing it, I guess. Yeah, I was definitely learning on the fly. I I could remember times where I'd get a phone call from, you know, an aerospace client, and they would they would be having some sort of galvanic corrosion problem, and I would just say, um, can I call you back? That's <laughs> so I... cute. I mean, very, very cute. But you yeah. grew up in the business, and it seems like your father had an idea with his cleaners to make sure that it was environmentally friendly and green even before people knew that the green movement existed. Yeah, he was way ahead of his time. I, I think that um, the industry, at the, when he entered into the, that space with his uh, products, the re- industry was really not embracing it. The, the regulations hadn't really caught up yet. Um, it was only the customers who were interested in going green, which there really weren't very many. And um, then so really the green selling point became took a back seat. Ultimately, it had to be about stellar performance. Um, otherwise, he couldn't get the sell. 
um, you know, getting the blue chip customers like Boeing or, or you know, those or even the Department of Defense, you you had to have a product that performed or outperformed what was in the marketplace at the time. And uh, I don't even really think that he spent a whole lot of time selling the green aspects of it, except for the, the few that were interested. But, it, you know, but still he was ahead of his time. Even though he didn't know that he was on to the next big trend. Right. You know, he did his job and, you know, he he had a product that, you know, was so far ahead of its time that, you know, he would have won the Green Award. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, know? absolutely. So. And he did, you know, I have to say, um, he did see, because this was kind of the mid-'80s, and um, he did start to see some some regulations and some, like, pending doom for some certain types of chemicals. And that's what led him to start formulating in other areas to in the coatings industry. Because, you know, Erin Brockovich, of course. Um, I know, I know. I have it in my notes. Yeah, she, she really helped to heighten the public awareness around a certain chemistry. And he saw that that might be a, a specific chemical that was targeted. So he started formulating way back before it was even banned um, to try to come up with a replacement for it, which, of course, he did. And, of course, now it's in the marketplace. But, but he was way ahead of his time with that. So Aaron was, you know, it's... They should have known each other. I know. <laughs> I mean, he should have been in the movie somehow, some way. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's obvious, but that's a fascinating story. So now you are running Pantheon Chemicals. Yes. Um, and you sa- you still sound like you're young. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I'm Laura still young. CEO <laughs> of Pantheon Chemical Company, and you know, tell me about you know, tell me about your typical day and what you know, your best seller is? Because I see that you have a lot of different products, but I see that there's um, painting for airplanes. Yes. The, the, the product, um, that, that particular product is called Precoat, and it's, a, um, it, it's used underneath, underneath paint. When you paint an aircraft, uh, paint just doesn't stick to the, to the aluminum or the other composites and substrates. It, it has to be... It, the surface has to be treated, and typically what it's treated with is it's etched with, you know, nasty acid, and then the hexavalent chrome product, which is the Aaron Brockovich chemical, is another product they apply to the skins of the aircraft, and then the paint will stick to it. Um, our product is a completely different chemistry, completely environmentally friendly, biodegradable, non-toxic, um, and it's very easy to apply and the paint will then stick to the aircraft better than the old way of doing it. And it's more environmental friendly. And it's huge cost efficiencies just due to the fact that they don't have the hazardous waste handling anymore, they use less water, the paint sticks longer and better, and then the workers don't have to be subjected to the big, um, you know, respirator and gear that they have to wear in those heavy paint hangers. Plus, I would imagine that all of that gear slows the labor process down. Yeah, there's, and there's a, there's a lot of the labor that's reduced. Um, in some cases, 50% of the labor has just been eliminated. So, you know, the, the cost savings um, have been tremendous. Now, it took a long time for us to get to where we are because approval in the aerospace industry is a long-term commitment. You've got to really be willing to work and climb Mount Everest to get it. But, no, I remember that. I, um, I, it's funny, but when I started in my career, one of my first jobs with, was with a company called GenCorp, <laughs> which you might know. Yes. Um, and it's, 
it was a general tire and rubber company, but then GenCorp kind of absorbed it, and they had an aerospace division in the southwestern part of the country. And I had to sort of learn about it really fast. That I was a youngin too. I, I really didn't know anything about it, but I saw that it was, um, you know, a challenging a challenging industry with a lot of intimidating men. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I have seen a tremendous shift. I have to say they're, they're the engineers that we've worked with of late um, with the commercial airlines and also with the, um, in the military, some real pioneers that were willing to go against the grain and try new things where, you know, back in the late, early 90s, that just, that just was rare, hard to find. There were only a handful, and now there are many more. And it's very refreshing to see that, you know, this this – this movement toward more efficiency and green and human health and safety is really picking up steam in the United States. Um, it did a long time ago over in Europe, but it seems to really be picking up steam here, and yeah. it's very refreshing. It's almost as if the positioning was invented for your time. <laughs> it was just so, so convenient for you. You didn't have to create the positioning. You just kind of rode. You're riding the waves. Absolutely, and it's funny because when I was out there raising capital to to be able to build the company, um, you know, investors in the in the investors, of course, the ones that said no, that were were not believers that the industry would go that way. Um, there were Isn't many. That funny. Don't yeah. you wish you could write them like a little note that all green <laughs> on a postcard with your plane on it? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's so wonderful to be able to say that we, you know, entered into a marketplace over a decade ago with a product that people laughed at and now to flash forward to today and see that we are we are so widely accepted and it's wonderful. You know, it's a testament to a lot of people that that that, that happened. Oh, I, so, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It makes you a, the accidental pioneer. <laughs> yes. And, Laura you know, Roberts, it takes a lot of perseverance. the accidental pioneer. <laughs> yes. You should write a book. I know. Oh, well, I, I intend to write books. I can't wait to write. Okay. <laughs> I have so much to say. <laughs> How did you find it, you know, when you, you know, you kind of had to, you know, take over this business and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where you are raising capital and all of a sudden you're talking to all of these money people? Well, it was an extraordinary time of my life. I, you know, it, it was... One of those things where the company, the company revenues were not high enough for us to be able to pull salaries out of, so we all had to work second jobs. Um, I was teaching dance at night, and I had two kids during that period of time where so I was pregnant twice and bringing the babies to work with me and still just trying to learn. I remember the first investors that I talked to, I was pregnant with my third son. Um, and, and, you know, I will, I'll tell you, it was kind of intimidating at times when, you know, pe- investors would look at me and say, you know, really, seriously, you're, you're this pregnant school teacher. Why would I give you money? That's like, <laughs> now you really have to write a book. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm telling you, so you really have, I mean, this is incredible. I could just see you schlepping, being pregnant with the kids, going back and forth. It's almost like Diane Keaton and baby book. <laughs> oh, it's not that way. I, I remember being in an attorney's office. We were trying to get some patents filed and, and um, I didn't couldn't find a babysitter, so I had to bring both my kids. I had a, they're 18 months apart, and I had them both, and they're like playing on the floor in the conference room. It's like it's very funny, and it's a movie. <laughs> no, it's, I'm telling you, it, this is absolutely a movie. I hope that you see that, and I hope that you're taking some time to write things down because sometimes as time goes on, you kind of forget little things. 
Yes, I, I do. I have been, I had started journaling just some of it so I could remember. And every time, I'm, I'm endeavoring to, every time I think of something, oh, I want to write about that, I write it down so I can keep, keep track of what, you know, what's in my head. Cause I, I do have, I have learned a lot of very good lessons, a lot of hard lessons. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been rough. And going back to your, one of your earlier questions, like what is my typical day like? It's, you know, it's full of challenges. It's like every every milestone we'd hit, it seemed like I would be able to take a breather, but it really never has been like that. <clears throat> it's like, oh, well, once we get our business plan written, then we can raise money, and it'll be easy. And then it's like, well, once we get our money, then we can start growing the company, and it'll be easy. And and then it's like, finally, with each step, even when you get start getting revenues and you get your manufacturing facility all up and running and the challenges just continue to grow, and they become global, and you have bigger, you know, issues around currency exchanges and scaling and finding the right people um, is really difficult, standards, too. I would think, you know, they change from some country to some country. Oh, it's radically different everywhere you go. Um, you And so I've, I've had um, a tremendous amount of, I mean, this, this is like the big time the school of hard knocks. It sounds that way. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick commercial break because I love your story and your enthusiasm and your passion for your product. So stay tuned after a commercial and we'll talk more about Pantheon Chemicals. Okay. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. There's a purpose revolution sweeping the world. Now more than ever before, in the midst of so many things they could do, people are asking what they should do. Since 1991, John Stanko has been helping people all over the world answer these questions. Now John is bringing his purpose message and philosophy to Voice America, where you will hear from people of purpose like John, who have found what they were created to do. Join John and his guests from around the world every week on his show, Your Purpose Quest, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern right here on Voice America. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. 
It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and by the way, I'm Cindy Rakowitz, and I'm the co-founder of Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations, and that is a bi-coastal PR agency in New York and Los Angeles. And we are back with we are back with Miss Roberts, Laura Roberts, the CEO of Pantheon Chemicals, and I'm fascinated with your story. It's funny, Laura. When I heard that I was going to talk to you, I thought I would be talking to a woman with a rougher, tougher voice, and you sound like so sweet. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so sweet. You sound like a nice girl that was, you know, determined to do something with the business that was left. Yeah, I suppose that could be seen as a really a great thing, and then a, and maybe it was a handicap sometimes along the way, too. <laughs> but, it, you know, there are a lot of women that are put into that situation, um, you know, where unfortunately, you know, um, parents pass on, and then all of a sudden you're stuck with something, and you have to make a decision. And, you know, the decisions, you have multiple choices, but you decided to run the company and take it into the next 10 years, and you had babies all around you. (laughs) And that is so commendable. How did you handle, I know that in this business, there are a lot of conventions that need to be attended and the defense conventions and all of that kind of stuff. Um, Did you travel to those? Did you send people? Did you take your kids? (laughs) Well, you know... Early on, before we had, um, you know, raised any capital, and it was just, it was just um, the founders. Uh, we, I, I did go, and and uh, we we couldn't afford to fly, so sometimes we would drive. We would like drive for, you know, twelve, fourteen hours to get there or longer. Right, because you're in Denver, and I know a lot of those events take place in Washington and Florida. Yeah, and, and we would drive, and you know, there were times where, you know, I'd bring my mother. And she'd watch watch the babies while I was at the booth, or you know. And back then, even back then, I was just kind of getting my head around some of the issues. So I would write white papers and present them at some of the shows too. So she would, my mom would watch the the kids while I went and did that. And um, yeah, it was. I mean, we just kind of made do with what we had and made it work. Well, isn't that that's kind of good that you had your mom support? I'm sure she was very proud to see her husband's business. Oh, absolutely. She did, she did a lot to support us, and, and um, so it was, you know, really rough for her, too. So, yeah, that's, I think that's great. And, again, I just want to really pay compliments to you and your business because you were green before everybody knew what green was. And you know what? There's something to be said for that. You were ahead of the game. Some people make believe they go green when they're not really green. Right. It's well, they go green because the market starts to dictate that that's maybe the direction they need to go. Um, and we kind of started out that way because 
long back then it was, you know, we, we believe that particularly industry, but just the business world in general, really couldn't continue to conduct business the way they were and have it be sustainable over a long, long period of time. No, I, and, I think that's true. And you were, you, again, you were an organic um, you know, <laughs> contributor to the green movement. You know, yes. Very, very organic. I think, you know, it's interesting that, you know, the, I know that you're based in Arizona? Yes, okay. we are based in Phoenix, Arizona. You're based in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, you know the Denver the Denver Convention Presidential Convention is coming up. Yes. Are you going to be able to go? Um, well, I, I, it's funny you bring that up because I was just talking to a couple people about that yesterday and, and trying to figure out how to make that happen. So, because the only reason why I bring it up is because they went to extreme measures, almost coerced measures, to make sure that everything was you know green. City, like the Wizard of Oz, Emerald to Green. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, almost to a preposterous degree. You know, I mean, you take a, a piece of land, and then all of a sudden, in a year before the convention, you're making it all green friendly. It's uh, kind of contrived, not like you. It was <laughs> yeah, that beginning. that wasn't. Um, yeah, I hadn't really followed that too much, so uh, I, you, I. You know what? You should try. I mean, I think that you should try to go only because I think that there will be a lot of groups around there. It's not just the excitement of the Democratic National Convention, but it's watching all of the movements that are going to glob onto that to get their own visibility because of the green message. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what groups are there. I know, exactly. You should lead one. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely should lead one. So, um, you know, I'm told that from your materials, okay, that you also have developed a surface pretreatment, which is the same um, environmentally friendly chemical used to treat um, aircraft. You use it for other things, too. <coughs> well, you use it for, for guns. Am I right? Well, but we have different product lines. We have, um, you know, it's, it seems kind of strange for uh, a company that's you know, has the environmental... Uh, friendly sort of stigma attached to it that we would go into the weapon care business, but that was a, that was an industry that had a lot of very hazardous chemicals as well, and really technology that really hadn't had any innovation for some time. So <clears throat> we we have a whole line of products for military and law enforcement. Um, we also are in the retail market with under several private labels that we have, and it's just really high high technology that. It's great, and it's all environmentally friendly, and it's good for it's not it's not bad for people to use either. So we're in that. So the the preco product they talked to you about that was the there in Brockovich chemical, and primarily in aerospace, but we have been entering into other aerospace where they other industries where they paint uh, metal as well. Um, <clears throat> and then we have metalworking fluids. We also have a whole variety of cleaners that you know for heavy industry, the hospitality industry, restaurants, things like that. So, you know. have you ex- so you've expanded quite a bit above and beyond the weapons industry. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. We're in, we're in dozens of markets with, um, you know, hundreds of products. And, um, you know, we, we got our, our, our start with a few flagship products early on. The Weapon Care line was one. Um, we also had the Precoat product, which was another, and then some several different cleaners for heavy industry. But we have expanded beyond that a great deal. 
And we continue to innovate, and we'll be commercializing some products and some new industries that coming up here, and we're that we're very excited about. Well, it sounds like you know from what I understand what the product is, it can have applications for almost anything. Um, the preco product, yes. Yeah, the preco product has a lot of potential in a lot of areas. I mean, if you, you know, the the automotive industry, obviously the the marine industry, that. There's a lot of industries where they, they, they have to keep paint on to protect equipment from corrosion. And, metal um, furniture? Uh, yeah, any metal furniture, metal fencing, um, you know, all types of um, uh, bridges and structures like that. And so we, we kind of, what we do is we figure out what, what, is, what is the supply chain or how, who are the suppliers to that industry and uh, and who are our main competitors. And we try to, even at times, work with and private label our technology to what would we would consider our competitors just to get the product into the marketplace and get the hazardous chemicals out. Laura Roberts, you are doing such a terrific job. I mean, do you, you know I could call you the, you know, you're the cleaner. <laughs> you're the, you're the um, environmentally safe maker. <laughs> I mean, you could almost think of anything. You could have a contest of everything that you could think of out there that can have the pre-coat. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there could be research studies that are done, and I'm sure you're doing everything. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be telling you anything that you didn't do because you sound like a Renaissance woman, but, you know, you could do research studies on how much outside stuff, exterior, um, you know, Exterior things aren't, you know, are are not using things that are environmental safe, and you know, and make, you know, make pre-coat ubiquitous. Yes, we 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 definitely. Well, I think we're well on our way to having pre-coat be ubiquitous in the aerospace industry, um, at least domestically. I think we're still going to work hard to get there globally, uh, but it has a lot of traction. I think we spend, uh, we luckily for us, a lot of outside. Um, you know, agencies outside of us, companies outside of us do studies and analyze the product and publish them. So we, we have, you know, what we try to do now is quantify how much less hazardous chemicals are going into the environment, how many people are not being exposed to it now as opposed to before. And, and those are the messages that we want to get out because they're profound. And it feels really, really good to be part of that and be able to say, you know, that doesn't happen anymore. It's not in the environment anymore, and we're not going to stop until that's completely true everywhere. Oh, you're such a you are such a pioneer. <laughs> you deserve <laughs> you. a hero award, and it's a it's a family business, and I think that's fantastic. I, um, you know, I'm gonna, it's not a publicly traded business, is it? No, we we've li- largely morphed away from a family business um, just due to the fact that we have a a fairly um, you know, good shareholder base now, and we are privately held, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we are marching forward to grow this business and, and uh, with a lot of very good mentors and a lot of really smart people on board now. And, you know, well, you know what? I'll ma- let me give you a little bit of um, a tip from my past experience in watching some companies that have gone public because they wanted, you know, to have the money. Um, yeah, that's definitely C- not what we're going to do. <laughs> Good, because every CEO that I've spoken to, particularly female CEOs, are sorry that they did it because 
female CEOs are smart, (laughs) (laughs) and we don't want to have to report quarterly just because it's SEC law. You know, we want to be able to report, you know, business and the great decisions that were made for the long term, not quarter by quarter. So I'm sure you already know that, but I had to just kind of say that because I've heard it so many times. Well, we definitely have a longer-term vision, and I think that going public often uh, corrals companies or decision-makers of companies into short-term thinking, which really hurts the long-term goals of the company. And um, not to say that there aren't times to, to, you know, do an IP, if you if you're doing it completely for an exit strategy or a liquidity event for your shareholder base, I don't think that that's the right reason to do it. I think for us to do an IPO, it would it would need to be a decision that was based on that we needed to raise money for the next big step. All right. Well, listen. I know that you thought you would be on the show for a long time, Laura Roberts. CEO, Pantheon Chemical, but guess what? Our time is up. I'd love to have you on again. You are very, very smart, savvy, hardworking, respectable. Um, I'm in awe of you. You're fantastic. Thank you for everything you do, and thank you for joining the show. Thank you very much. All right. You take care. You too. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakn-rollentertainment.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's 
every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788, and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Good morning, and this is Cindy Rakowitz, co-founder of Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations, and we are talking to a lot of powerful women today, and now we have another powerful woman, and her name is Paxton Quigley, armed and female. Welcome, Paxton. Paxton, are you there? Me? Hello. Oh, there you are. Hi, how are you? I didn't hear you. Oh, I'm here. Did you hear me call you armed and... Armed and female? Yes, I am armed and female. Not not right this moment, but I I don't know. I, I am armed and female. I know that you're in New York, and you might be armed. I don't know. Well, in uh, New York City, it's rather difficult to get uh, a gun, a handgun for self-defense. Unfortunately, the laws are are uh, very very strict. Well, I think I think for good reason. If you not necessarily it. for good reason, no, yeah. because they 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 are stricter than in in most. Uh, metropolitan areas, as a matter of fact. But we can discuss that later. We can discuss that later. I want to introduce you. I, I met you as, you know, in your public relations executive way. Yes. And I wanted to ask you what made you interested. Something must have sparked you to get involved with, you know, safety protection and female use of guns. Yes. Well, this goes back a number of years ago when I got a call at about 2 o'clock in the morning from a friend of mine who said, uh, please come over to my house. Something awful has happened. The police are here. So I went over to her house and was greeted at the door by a police officer who told me that my friend had been raped about an hour ago, and he wanted me to take her to the hospital. And what happened to her was that at about 1 o'clock in the morning, she heard glass being broken in her bathroom window, and she realized someone was trying to break in, and she picked up the phone and called 911 and said, you know, someone's breaking in, you know, come quickly. And then she decided that she's going to run out of her house for protection. And she ran down the stairs and literally was at the front door when the guy grabbed her from behind. Uh, she tried fighting with him, but it didn't work. He raped her. He left. And the police came a half hour too late. Well, how often does that, that's a horrible story, but how often does that happen? Do you have statistics or at least an estimate? Well, uh, no, there aren't really any uh, statistics out there on how late the police come, but I think people now realize that when something uh, happens like that, um, the police can't be at your door right away. It's, it's, it's literally impossible for that to happen unless just by chance there's a, a you know, a, a police car on your street, uh, which, which is, which is rare at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, she fought, um, and what had happened when I took her to the hospital while we were waiting for the, the doctor, um, and I don't know why I even asked her this question, but I asked her, do you think if you had a gun, a loaded gun, you could have stopped the attacker? And she thought about it, and she said, yeah, there was time to do that. And I thought about myself and the fact that I lived alone, and I, and I saw that the damage that was done to her both physically and psychologically, 
And I said to myself, this is never going to happen to me. And I decided that I was going to learn how to shoot a handgun. Learn how to shoot a handgun, but become an advocate and write books about it. It, This this instance in life really moved you greatly to go on sort of a new path. Yes, it did. It did. Uh, because after learning how to shoot, and let me tell you, Cindy, it was, it was not easy for me to do it. Now you're, you're, you're a little I came girl. From an, I came from an anti-gun family. I'd never touched a gun. I feared guns. Um, you know, so it, it, when I decided that I wanted to do such a thing, it was really overcoming a lot of fears. And a lot of women have those fears because of how they were, they were brought up. Yeah, women and guns aren't really a natural, organic Match well, it's it's not so much natural; it's cultural. Um, I think you're right. We've been acculturated to believe that you know guns are are bad; that it's a you know a macho thing; that it's a bad thing. uh, When in fact, uh, a handgun uh, can be uh, your best friend in in, in certain times, and it is you know the ultimate self defense. a machine, shall we say? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question, and I you know, and I could definitely see this point. Um, and I, from what I gather on the news, usually when you know a perpetrator is harmed in self-defense, it seems to me that there's usually um, you know never the um, never the chance that you as a defender are going to get into any trouble, right? I mean that's pretty clear. If you really you know, well, no. Let's say um, you know, somebody comes into your house and you go ahead and say, you know, uh, stop or I'll shoot, and the perpetrator runs out of the house and you shoot him in the back. That's that's a problem because legally uh, you've shot somebody who is retreating from you and not advancing. Okay, so how does one, you know, protect themselves from that? I mean, if if a guy looks like he's going to hurt you, and then he just kind of runs away the last minute. I mean, there has to be some kind of, you know, explanation. Well, I mean, you know, obviously every every case is different. But if you're uh, in your bedroom and someone comes into your bedroom and, um, you know, you, you, you see him uh, and you have, to have a, you have to have a loaded gun near you and you pick up that gun and you shoot, uh, obviously you're shooting in self-defense. Uh, but at the same time, if someone comes into your house and um, they're stealing, uh, what I always recommend in my in, in a number of my books, uh, one being armed and female, that uh, stay in your bedroom, uh, secure your door, call the police and say someone has broken in. You don't want to go out there because you don't know who's out there. If that person has a gun or there there's more than one person. So that's so when it comes, a, that's when it comes to that's that's you know you you only want to use a gun as a last resort and that's when you have uh, uh, the possibility of bodily harm or um, you know potential death. Okay, let me ask you another question. A lot of people keep you know bats, baseball bats, under their beds because they don't have guns. What do you think about that? So if a perpetrator came in, you just bash them over the head. Well, it's not... Remember, a bat is is long, and it's very easy for someone to take that bat away from you and use it against you. While a handgun is fairly small in comparison to a bat, and uh, a gun, if you know how to use a gun and shoot a gun and all that, uh, can stop an attacker uh, faster uh, than, than a bat. Okay. I, would, I would not about, recommend a bat. No. I'm just going through some of the 
you know, some of the self-defense, you know, comfort tools that people have, and I wanted you to sort of give me your opinion on them. And then, of course, there's zapper guns and mace. Yes. Uh, well, um, mace is actually uh, pe- pepper spray. Actually, they don't use mace anymore. It's pepper spray. Pepper spray is, is a good thing to have with you when you're walking around. And, and you know, most people are not carrying guns, although uh, in a great many states, 40 states, you can actually get a permit to carry a gun legally, uh, a concealed weapon, I should say. Uh, you know, being a gun. But for a woman, let's say, who's walking alone at night, is in a uh, underground parking lot or in a parking lot because she works late or whatever, uh, having pepper spray can be very effective uh, because there is um, the so-called distance defense that a person can be three feet away from you, and um, the spray is not actually a spray. It's a stream, and if you... Um, um, you know, push that that button on the on the uh, little container and um, spray to the face. Um, he he will go down because it has um, it, it, it 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 it's so painful that and it hits the nervous system that uh, nine out of ten times the person will go down and actually stay down for twenty minutes. So that, would you say that that's a reasonable alternative to having a gun? Uh, reasonable alternative, especially out of doors. And indoors, you're in a different situation, especially when you're in a room, because uh, most uh, uh, attackers um, come in at night because of the element of surprise. You're sound asleep, and so you don't expect something to happen. And, and under those circumstances, I highly recommend that you make your bedroom into what we call a safe room, that you have a solid core door with a double, with a good double lock, you know, door, uh, and lock. Uh, right. So that you can barricade yourself in your room. You can have your, your um, you know, your gun there, a phone, preferably a cell phone, just in case he may have cut the wires on, on your landline, and you call the police and tell them that, um, you know, someone has broken in and you do have a gun. They, they, they respond much quicker when you say you have a gun. Well, that's a, that's and added you're value. To use it. I mean, that's added value in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, in the next segment I want to talk a little bit more about training and stuff, but since we have a couple of minutes left, um, I just wanted to um, plug everything that you're doing. You have three books out, if I'm correct, Armed yes. Female, Staying Alive, Not an Easy Target, um, all about um, females and handguns, yes? Yes, although Not an Easy Target is about all aspects of self-protection for women. So it includes more than just handguns. Okay, so it gets into self-defense and all of that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay, well, and how long have you been doing this? How long ago did you have this aha moment? Uh, oh, a long time ago. It was 1987, and uh, Armed and Female came out in 1991. So I've, I've uh, taught seminars throughout the United States, actually in the world, and I've taught more than 7,000 women how to shoot a handgun in the United States. You should have a television show. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure that you're working on that. Of course. I mean, it's a, it's it's really kind of great. You know, I kind of like armed and female, thank and you. having little vignettes of everything that you warn people might happen. I mean, it's uh, you know, and I think that you're very telegenic, and um, you know, I think that there's an agent out there that might just 
might want to do it. Oh, well, thank you. Well, maybe you'll produce it. <laughs> that would be fun. You know, I'm a PR girl, too, that likes going outside of the boundaries of the public relations industry, as everybody who knows me knows. So, um, you know, this could be the part of a super collaboration, but we're going to have to take a commercial break, and then you're going to come back, and we're going to talk more with Paxton Quigley, Armed and Female. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakn-rollentertainment.com. Real Talk with Marcy Mason, a refreshing and charming talk radio show for all of you entertainment enthusiasts. Whether you're stargazing on Hollywood Boulevard or in the stands cheering for your favorite team, Real Talk is here to satisfy the curiosity of the dedicated lifestyle and entertainment enthusiasts by giving everyday people the information they crave about what's going on in their communities and the world around them. Don't miss Real Talk with Marcy Mason, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. And again, I'm the co-founder now of Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations after the collaboration with my girl in New York, Diane Blackman, and we're welcoming back Paxton Quigley, who's armed and female. Notice I didn't say dangerous. No, I'm not dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Although armed and female and dangerous, you know, sounds very sexy. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, you look very, I love the way that you position yourself. You know, you have, you know, many different um, photos of you, and I think that they were probably taken for the book covers, a lot of them, and there's one of you where you're wearing your cowboy boots. Yes. <laughs> My signature cowboy boots. They're, they're python boots. Uh, no, they're very hot. Yeah. They're very, very hot. That's, uh, Thanks so you much. Know, interesting. Well, no, you have, like, some really, really nice um, photos of yourself that were used for the covers to help, you know, position and sell the books after all it's you 
Um, so I have a, you know, a couple of other questions before we finish the show today. And um, one of those questions is, when you are teaching people how to use guns, obviously you talk about gun safety. Of, of course, the people who are you know, against gun use in households are very, very concerned about um, children getting a hold of guns and, you know, wrong people using guns at the wrong moment. And I'm sure that that's a very, very large part of the, you know, curriculum. Yes. As a matter of fact, I will um, say to uh, students that if, you know, anyone in your house is depressed or suicidal or, uh, you know, is, is over the top in terms of a temper, uh, don't have a gun in the house. And, of course, if you have children or children that come to your house like grandchildren, you have to make sure that your guns are stored in a place where they can't get to. And there are many different, you know, there are large safes and then there are portable safes uh, that have uh, combinations. So there are out there on the market uh, many, many different ways of, of storing a gun. And, of course, the other thing is that if you're going to have a gun at home, you have to know how to use it. Uh, there are a lot of people who will buy a gun and never go to a class and learn how to use it. Well, isn't that, I mean, don't some states have laws about having basic gun knowledge before you put a gun in your house? No, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, no. In, in, in a number of states, you can go ahead and, and buy a gun and um, not have taken a test or taken a class. Uh, but in terms of carrying a concealed weapon, uh, most states uh, will have you, uh, you have to take a course. I would say that that would be something that, you know, should definitely become mandatory in every state. Yes, oh, I certainly agree with that. Um, It's like, come on, you know, you don't give somebody, you know, you don't have somebody operate, you know, a gigantic, uh, you know, hacksaw without teaching them how to use it. Well, I'm sure there are some people who use a hacksaw and don't. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're right, but I'm just saying it's an accident waiting to happen. Yes, I mean, yes. You know, yes. You, I mean, first of all, if you got to prove that you know how to use a gun. I mean, in the, in the one or two times that I've gone to a range, um, I was very, very surprised by the back kick. Mm-hmm. It's so strong. I mean, you know, what they don't show in movies is the fact that, you know, you're shooting a gun and then all of a sudden this very heavy pistol, you know, can hit you right in the eye. Well, that's why, you know, before even purchasing gun, you should take a class because there are a lot of different models out there of handguns. And um, basically a handgun is like a shoe. What's, what's comfortable for you uh, may not be comfortable for me. And there are proper techniques in terms of holding a gun that can uh, help in the recoil. Um, it's, you know, like the so-called kick that you feel. Uh, some guns, as a matter of fact, a longer-barreled gun will have less recoil than a snub-nosed gun, uh, gun, which has like a, uh, the barrel is only like about uh, uh, an inch long. And there are a lot of things that, you know, you know, people who have never been around guns don't know about. I certainly didn't know about it. And it's only, I've, I've been trained by some of the, the greatest uh, American uh, teachers uh, self-defense teachers in the United States. So what, uh, you know, Paxton, you've kind of become, you know, this armed and female safety advocate and defense advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do to influence people to, you know, take, you know, learn how to use it properly before buying it? I mean, what 
kinds of, you know, laws need to be passed in certain states so that guns just aren't sold to, you know, even I mentioned to you in Louisville, Kentucky, you could go to Walmart when you're like 16 or 17 years old and buy a gun. I don't, I actually don't think it's true that it's 16 years old. Um, you can buy a regular handgun. You might be able to buy an air gun, but not a, a, a gun that, you know, is considered lethal. Okay, so it's an air gun. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's different. That is different. It's not lethal. An air gun is not, is not lethal. Well, I mean, uh, I know that more you go to the sports department. You know, Cindy, there are a lot of laws out there. Uh, in every state, in every jurisdiction, there are more than 200 laws that are handgun control laws. The laws are there. We don't need any more gun control laws. What education we need is, is that is people, for example, yes. Want me to go on? No, I said education is different than law. Yes, of course. Education is different. And, uh, you know, the basic thing is, Cindy, that really people... Um, half the households in the United States have guns, and in most cases, nothing ever happens. But there are situations where people have not put away their guns properly. Uh, a thief will come in, break in, and take their guns, and then they can be either sold on the black market or, um, you know, they're used. So um, education is extremely important. And I would say that most law-abiding citizens uh, are well-educated in gun safety and in and, and, and proper uh, handling of guns. Um, you know, there, there are people who, you know, don't uh, have the proper education. And certainly, um, you know, more and more of those people should be, should be taught proper education. I, I, would, I would say... I would really say, what kind of courses are there available in communities today? Are they private, public? Tell me about it. Uh, well, in most states, the National Rifle Association has uh, inexpensive uh, gun courses, and all a person has to do is, you know, go online to the National Rifle Association and find out where courses are being taught. Uh, I, I, you know, don't teach a National uh, Rifle Association course. Mine's a little bit different than that. Um, and I usually just teach privately to people now. I used to have uh, classes, but uh, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, so there are courses available uh, throughout the United States. And um, there are also, uh, the National Rifle Association also uh, even has... Um, uh, educational materials that are specifically designed for kids. They have what is called the Eddie Eagle program. So, you know, they, they are out there and readily available uh, to to the community, and the prices are extremely reasonable. Well, I think that that's good to know. If you're going to have a gun, you better know how to use it. Yes. Um, and it's And it's meant to be a good thing, not a bad thing. People have to be careful. People have to learn how. People have to put it in the right place and secure it correctly so the wrong people can't get their hands on it. There's a lot to know, but it's a good, good argument in having one for self-defense, particularly when you're a pretty girl like Paxton Quigley. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, you know what the problem is that, uh, uh, or I shouldn't say a problem, but in terms of when uh, a woman is attacked, um, the, the, the statistics are very, very interesting. Um, they usually go, you know, the bad guy, the predator, usually goes after older women and young women. 
um, because one, a lot of young women uh, just don't think that you know they're going to be attacked. That you know they feel they're invincible and invulnerable. And older women, you know, women over sixty-five, uh, many of them um, may not be as, as strong as a woman who's thirty-five, and uh, thus makes a better victim. Well, listen, we're going to have to wrap up the show. I told you it goes very fast. Everybody's always so surprised, but I really thank you for coming on and joining thank us. Thank you. Paxton Quigley, Armed and Female, more next week. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. 